Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore, NCIA's Deputy Director of Communications. And in this episode today, we are joined by Michael Diaz-Rivera of Better Days Delivery Service based in Denver, Colorado. Better Days Delivery Service collaborates with Colorado's leading dispensaries and provides a seamless add-on service to both clients and customers. They operate 16 hours a day to provide the most convenient options for service to their client customers. As an official third-party transporter, they can and will also help navigate the delivery permit application process for your business as well. His company is also part of NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Scholarship Program. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, let's start by getting to know you, um, you and your background and your experience and you know, some of the things that you've been doing before launching your business in the cannabis industry. Yeah, so um, it's interesting. Some would consider that I was legacy and that I was actually doing, I was a cannabis delivery business owner before it was legal. But professionally, for the last seven years, I've been a classroom teacher, teaching fifth grade. I started out focused mainly on literacy, reading and writing, but by the end of my career, I was teaching all subjects. I miss being a classroom teacher at times though. Yeah, wow, and uh, classrooms have certainly uh, been through some turmoil the last couple of years during the COVID-19 pandemic. I certainly have some teacher friends who have been navigating all kinds of changes, remote teaching. Did you have to involve yourself in any of that or did you, transition out of teaching before before the pandemic shutdowns no yeah that was actually perfect timing my last year teaching was the first year of the pandemic and so I was burnt out just seeing how little the leaders in the education system valued teachers and so I just took the signs I had the social equity opportunity and now I'm just cheering for teachers still fighting for teachers and students from the outside, but I am happy that I'm not dealing with those stresses, to be honest. Sure. Absolutely. How about, how about those essential workers, right? Yeah, exactly. Round of applause, pat on the back, but get back in the classroom. Funny how that (laughs) works. (laughs) So yeah, interesting timing for you to make that career transition and shift then into the cannabis industry and movement. And you were mentioning that you kind of are part of the legacy cannabis movement as well prior to these adult use laws and the regulations and everything. So I'd like to hear more about what led you to that decision and, you know, some of your other experiences in and out of the cannabis industry and and why you decided to do this. Yeah, so it's kind of a long story, but it's my it's my story. It's my testimony, to be honest, at this point. All right, let's hear it. I've always loved cannabis since uh, the age of 12. And I in high school, I ended up homeless and I ended up selling cannabis as a way for survival. Soon after graduating from high school, I got a felony for marijuana. I was charged with the felony for marijuana distribution 
because it was a Friday night. I was riding around with some friends. Cops pulled us over. They searched my car and they found a couple bags of weed and they charged me with distribution. It wasn't even enough to weigh a half ounce, but because it was in multiple bags, they were able to charge me with distribution. And me just being 19 and scared because I knew that I had messed up opportunities for myself. I ended up pleading. um, I had a public defender that was already overloaded with caseloads, I'm assuming. And she just told me that I wasn't eligible for a deferred sentence, even though this was my first charge as an adult. And that my best bet was to basically plead to a felony for possession because possession would look better than distribution when I'm looking for jobs and housing, et cetera. And so I, I I took the plea and then I just continued on with my life. I went to college. I then moved to Denver, Colorado. I'm born and raised in Colorado Springs, Colorado, which is two hours outside of Denver. And so I moved to Denver for a fresh start and I became a teacher after college doing mentorship, et cetera. And I was a teacher for the last seven years until social equity gave me the opportunity to get into the industry. But I had also been advocating at the same time for expungement of felonies, advocating working with groups like Students for Sensible Drug Policy mm-hmm. to just repair the harm that the war on drug has done to our communities. And so I had seen the conversation in cannabis, what was happening with social equity. I weighed my options on the different things that I could do in the industry. And I ended up choosing on delivery. That seemed to me the easiest way to get into the industry. So I I chose to go after delivery and I established my business at the beginning of 2021. And um, just to bring it back to your question, I'm not totally sure of my why as of yet, to be honest. I, <laughs> I, like, I, yeah, I started the business just wanting to do something that they said I couldn't do because originally mm. when Colorado went legal, being a felon, I couldn't participate in the industry. Right. And so I'm a knucklehead. If you tell me I can't do something, <laughs> I'm going to work hard to show you that I can do it. And so now I've got a delivery business, but really my heart is pulling me towards advocacy of knowing that there are people still in Colorado for, that are in prison for mm. marijuana. And to me, that's not right. right. There are people like even with the expungement efforts that I've been in part of, there are people with my, my felony is over 10 years ago now at this point. So it doesn't affect me as much in terms of finding housing and jobs as it did in the past. Mm-hmm. But I know there are others that the felony still affects them. And this is in Colorado where we're making billions off of this plant, this miracle plant. And so I'm really thinking about using my platform and my space to focus on health equity, free the people that are locked up for this nonviolent plant and just get access to people in the industry. Mm-hmm. That's great. I definitely want to dive into more about those efforts um, later on in this episode for sure. Um, but let's talk about your business, Better Days Delivery Service here in Colorado. 
Um, delivery is something that's kind of new here to Colorado. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, brand new. Delivery just went legal in Colorado in 2021. And so I'm excited for the possibilities. Great. So I, I'm guessing to set up a delivery business, um, well, I guess you need vehicles or drones and you need people to drive them or operate. I'm just joking about the drones. Wouldn't that be funny? A little drone sets down on my, on my porch and just drops off my, my gummies. And yeah, Yeah, what's it like operating uh, the delivery business? What's the ins and outs there? And no, I'm laughing in my head because drone delivery is probably closer than we even realize. (laughs) And I say that because when I was originally developing my business model and I was thinking of how to just create a different delivery business, I thought about doing drone delivery because, you know, we some of these big businesses, Amazon, et cetera, I've heard of doing drone delivery. So who's to stop? cannabis delivery from doing that and um so sorry i'm going off track of what we're even talking about but as far as my day-to-day and what's going on with my company it's a lot as of right now i am i am everything in my business i am the business manager ceo supervisor delivery dispatch everything that needs to be done i am the only employee the only owner i have interviewed some delivery drivers that I'm getting ready to bring on here in the near future, but I'm just working on my timeline to make sure that I have sustainable work for them and that I'm able to train them to do the work in the best way possible. But right now, for me, I'm doing everything in terms of doing delivery, but I am excited that I was just accepted in the Ease Momentum Fellowship, the only person from Colorado to make it into this fellowship. So the pressure is on me to really spread this opportunity to the rest of the Colorado community. And I'm also a leader in the Colorado Social Equity Group. So I'm able to help others to grow into this movement and I'm excited for what's coming. That's amazing. Yeah, definitely in in elbow deep in the throes of building your business there and wearing all the hats. I think a lot of people in the cannabis industry um, can relate to having to wear a lot, a lot of hats to start your business. Um, Hope your super, hope your supervisor is being nice to you. All right. (laughs) All right. Let's take our first commercial break and then we'll come back and chat more with Michael Diaz Rivera of Better Days Delivery Service. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. 
The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore with NCIA, and we're catching up with Michael Diaz-Rivera of Better Days Delivery Service. And I mentioned before, uh, you're part of NCIA's Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Program. So let's just talk a little more broadly about social equity issues for cannabis licensees such as yourself, and specifically here in the state of Colorado, you mentioned there are people still sitting behind bars for cannabis charges. Uh, so what, what kind of challenges do, you know, the regulations here and just how things are set up, how, how is that affecting you as you're trying to launch your small business? Yeah, and so actually I do want to give a shout out to my NCIA social equity group. We meet every week. And that group has been tremendous just in my ability to navigate the industry because business hasn't, business isn't my wheelhouse. And it's been good to talk to others that come from similar situations as I and are on similar journeys as we try to do something that the industry hasn't been done. But in terms of Colorado and the way things are going, there have been a lot, there has been a lot of growth but it's not where I want it to be as of yet. So um, things that I'm working on, so actually I'll speak about regulations in a second, but even just expungement of felonies. There are many people in Colorado that they have marijuana felonies. Meanwhile, people like me have marijuana businesses and these felonies are affecting people's ability to get housing jobs, et cetera. So I'm trying to help change that. But even the regulations for a social equity business in Colorado, there are many things that are really stopping us from being as successful as we like to be. So in delivery, we can't deliver in Colorado our own product. So we've seen in other states, other markets, what they call the ice cream model, where they're able to own their own product and do other services that allow them to have a bigger margins by not allowing me to own my own product. I'm not able to make the margins that would be possible if I could. Um, even things of just some of the regulations of currently we're not able to deliver to hotels and Colorado's cannabis industry mm. is largely based on tourism. I'll be honest. And so we're not able to serve those customers that are coming from out of state in these hotels and just looking for an easy option to get their cannabis. But even outside of delivery, we're seeing cultivation companies that are brand new to the industry, people that want to get retail operations, they're brand new in the industry and it's so saturated that they can't find a space because we have like the thousand foot rule where, or maybe I'm saying the wrong words, I don't know the exact distance, but you can't have a dispensary a certain low distance from another dispensary. And so with Colorado being so saturated, they are giving social equity a chance now, but if you can't find a location, 
where do you even begin? Mm, so people that um, that are born and raised here in Denver are having to start businesses far outside of Denver because they can't get a location in Denver, whether for cultivation, retail, et cetera, just finding location is a, is an issue. And even like financial capital, having the money for licensure and to pay for everything that we need because of regulations is a challenge that we're fighting for. And so that's why we've got the Colorado Social Equity Group and I'm excited to see what changes we can bring. Yeah, absolutely. And and with D- NCIA's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion Program, uh, we offer a scholarship membership for your first year with NCIA so you can access all the benefits. And we do those those great things you mentioned, like the, the weekly information supportive conference calls for DEI equity licensees and so on. And that's made up of people from all over the country. So you're talking to people in California, Massachusetts, Colorado. So, but here in Colorado, um, what are the social equity groups or activities or programs that you're focusing on here at the state level? Yeah. And so once again, shout out to the NCIA group because NCIA giving me access because of social equity this first year has been a tremendous help because I'm broke. And so it's given me access and I'm, I'm broke financially, I say. So because I don't have a lot of the money to get out throughout the nation and network with the industry leaders, by working with NCIA, I'm able to talk to so many people in different states that are doing a lot of the same things and share what's going on. And then I can bring that to a state level like I do with the Colorado Social Equity Group. And we can do the same things that we're doing with Mike Lamuto on the national level, but just do that at the state level. Mm -hmm. So I am biased. I'll first talk about the Colorado Social Equity Group, which is the group that I'm part of. We share resources. We talk about what's going on. We talk about how we can come together and organize to just make a more equitable industry for all of us and spotlight those most marginalized identities in the industry um, most specifically. But there are groups like The Color of Cannabis, which I'm also part of. There's group like John Bailey and the Black Roundtable, which I'm also part of and really helpful. There's the um, Hispanic Council. There is Black, Brown and Red Badge. There are a couple of groups that are starting to pop up that are related to social equity. There's, oh, I'm also the state chair for minorities for medical marijuana. Almost, I got to mention my group that I'm part of, but um, it's great. Well, really, it's all the groups. What I'm focusing on right now are all of these social equity related groups that do different things, but we're all related through social equity. How can we come together? and unite and work together to do the work that we're all trying to do, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you mentioned, you know, access to capital is absolutely one of the biggest hurdles and challenges for social equity business license holders or applicants. So um, what kind, I'd love to hear more about how you're getting support from all these communities along the way as you're navigating challenges like that 
Yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say that of like, and I said it already of I'm broke financially. And so when it comes to getting into this industry, something that I know nothing about, it's good that I'm able to lean on the community that I've created of people that can help me and connect me to the resources that I can maybe access for free. So I'm talking about people like Ernest Tony, but with BIPOC can, John McCaskill, Allison Bosworth, Rue Johnson, so many people, I'm, I'm forgetting names, but they have been able to meet with me and answer my questions in ways that make it personal. Even, even like Cincy Magazine with their Cincy Connects, there's so many different ways of networking that allow me someone that don't that doesn't have the traditional financial backing to just meet with other people and talk with people and grow um but even now there are grants that are starting to pop up so Mm -hmm. the city of denver is getting ready to release a grant for social equity licensees and i've heard that the state of colorado is as well the color of cannabis is doing a pitch contest for grant support. And then there's even like nationwide, like the people's Institute um, founders Academy. There are a couple orgs that I've just, I've been geeking out. So I've just been looking all over the place. <laughs> it, there are a lot of great groups out there that are focusing on, on these issues. That's wonderful. And I, uh, you mentioned Mike Lamudo. He's NCIA's DEI manager, so he's really been instrumental in pulling together the weekly calls that you mentioned. Um, and now that we're returning to trade shows, in-person events, woo! Um, we've been able to host the DEI workshops in person um, for folks to, you know, I'm sure the the calls, the Zoom calls, are nice, but there's something to be said about being in person with people and, you know, being able to really have conversations with them and sit around a table and get some work done and um, take some deep dives as well. It's fantastic. Um, Let's take our last commercial break uh, and then we'll come back and wrap up our chat here with Michael Diaz Rivera of Better Days Delivery. Stay tuned. We will be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, talking to Michael Diaz Rivera of Better Days Delivery Service here in Colorado. He is very involved in a lot of DEI efforts, as we found out before the break, everything from helping to expunge records of people who uh, have been put behind bars for possession of cannabis or other cannabis-related crimes at the time and also helping others who are trying to get into the industry or launch their businesses in cannabis as well so you've got a lot of goals and aspirations here and um i i have to wonder what else you got going on what what are some of your other goals uh as you move forward here what would you like to see happen you know in the next year or two yeah um i'm all over the place so i'm just like a happy puppy dog trying to <laughs> just to be part of everything that i can in the industry that is like pushing positive change forward there's this group called the kim alliance and they've coined this term health equity that i really love and it's the idea that we can really heal our communities in so many ways just based on this plant not only by having businesses and specifically businesses for those that were harmed by the war on drugs, but really using this plant in a way for healing and wellness is something that I'm really excited to tap into. Even like on the psychedelic side, wellness is something that I'm really interested in right now. Um, Just community building, that's why I created my business better. Well, I named my business Better Days is because I wanted to represent the idea that better days are always on the way. No matter how great the days might be currently, better days are on the way. So yeah. Is that a Tupac reference? That is actually the inspiration. Oh, right? awesome. That's great. Well, we have a so we have an equity spotlight blog for you and your company on NCIA's website as we've been highlighting our equity members in a Q&A form uh, so folks can search for that on our website and read a little bit more about uh, your company as well. Um, I definitely want to mention how excited I am to get back to San Francisco this summer. Uh, we'll be there for our eighth annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Oh, that two-year break from COVID was It's pretty tough, but um, the cannabis community is pretty strong and resilient in in a lot of ways. So getting back together, getting back to the trade show expo floor and seeing all the booths and machines and to the educational panel sessions and the lightning lessons on the expo floor and just seeing people that have been in the movement and in the industry um, for years also, it kind of feels like a a family reunion. So 
um, we're, we're excited to get back to those in-person events and we'll be back at the Moscone Center in San Francisco on July 20th, 21st, and 22nd. And the website for that is www.cannabisbusinesssummit.com. And more information about the speakers and schedules and all that fun stuff will be coming out soon. I believe tickets will be available for sale uh, in the month of April. So we're getting there. The weather's going to get warmer. You're a fellow Colorado resident, as such as myself, and it's been cold. We've definitely been getting our snow, so I'm looking forward to the warmer weather. And San yeah. Francisco is such a great city. Uh, do you think you're think you're going to try to make it out to San Francisco this summer, Michael, or you're going to be heads down trying to get those delivery cars up and running? No, I was going to say I can't wait to get out. I've got to get out there. Similar to you, I'm here in Colorado and I love the snow because we get the moisture. And when it's cold, that means people are at home and they want deliveries more often. <laughs> but I can't wait to meet all these people that I've been meeting online all this time and to build with the community that I've created nationwide, especially in some warm weather. So I'll be there with you. That's awesome. Yes. So yeah, Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Um, We've got lots of education, lots of networking, um, and, and a great big expo floor with lots of folks to meet and learn from. So I, I can't wait. Um, another event that NCIA does um, that it'll probably be a while before we can do that again, but our lobby days, going to Washington, D.C. with hundreds of cannabis professionals, walking the halls of Congress, telling them about our struggles with banking and 280E of the tax code and social equity issues and all the whole nine yards is such an incredible experience that we haven't been able to do since 2019. Oh, so hopefully as uh, things stabilize, uh, we'll be able to get back to having those really amazing lobby days events as well, which is pure advocacy. All right. Well, we have run out of time today, but Michael, thank you so much for your time today and sharing your story. Where can folks find out more about you and your business? Yes. Yeah, so if folks could go to betterdaysdelivery.com, that is my business website where you can learn more about us and our website or learn more about us and you can order delivery as well. You can also find us on all of your social medias, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, Better Days Delivery is on the way. Better Days are on the way. BetterDaysDelivery.com is my website. I love it. I love it. Thank you again. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.